0: Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that ever ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am uh, Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. Uh, I was going to do a country voice for this one as well, but you know what? This is your movie, so never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk about it, and it's funny because <laughs> your pick of the week was a Western, yeah. and mine just coincides Cohen. Coincides.
0: Coincides. And
1: happens to be a Western as well. Yeah. Um it wasn't it wasn't a huge hit, but it was a huge hit. I'll just give you a rundown of some of the people that are in this movie. Kevin Klein, Scott Glenn, Rosanna Arquette, John Cleese, Kevin Cosner, Brian Dennehy, Danny Glover, Jeff Goldblum, and Linda Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um all of them I love as actors. Kevin Klein I really like as an actor, and I really wish that they would do they would go back and uh, um, revisit the Silverado with Kevin Klein as, as the sheriff. Now, yeah, um, it's funny because I mean, watching the movie and seeing Kevin Cosner as as a a boyish, charming, yeah, uh, fan, you know, you know, fancy free, I guess if you want to call it, yeah, uh, risk taker type mm. um, is not something that you often see with Kevin Costner movies. I mean, mm-hmm. he's uh, now he's he's more of the uh the how do you say uh cautious. He doesn't take roles that unless, you know, they're going to make him money and yada yada yada. Yeah. And and
0: in this movie Well, he took a lot of risks in the 90s and it fucking didn't really work out for him. Well, yeah, but I mean, The it, Postman,
1: Kevin Costner. So it doesn't really Waterworld
0: even though I love Waterworld, it, it, it didn't work out it, for him. It does.
1: I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about movies like this. Right,
0: herb. You
1: know, um, th- there are good movies to take risks on, and there yeah. are bad movies to take risks on. You know, like Waterworld was a how how much did that fucking cost to make two hundred million dollars? Yeah, at I'm the time, sure it
0: like was the great. Yeah, at the time, it was the most expensive film ever made.
1: Yeah, that's that's a movie that you don't take a risk on.
0: Yeah, yeah, pass. Well, the shooting <laughs> delays also made it cost more too, and. Uh, Emmett
1: is ambushed by three assailants Emmett is played by Scott Glenn um, while well, he sleeps in an isolated shack he kills them all in a brief gunfight but while ultimately aimed towards Silverado he first heads towards Turley to meet his brother Jake who is played by Kevin Costner on the way Emmett finds a man Paden or Payton lying in the desert having been robbed and left to die Payton joins Payton is really I think how they call him Chooses to travel with Emmett. Peyton is played by Kevin Klein. Arriving in Turley, Emmett and Peyton meet Mal, another cowboy that runs that gets run out of town by Sheriff John Langston. They find out that Jake is locked up and waiting hanging for a man, in or for killing a man in self-defense. Peyton is later thrown in the same cell after he encounters and kills one of the men who robbed him. Um, Peyton and Jake escape the cell and with Emmett outrun Langston's posse. Mal, who is played by. Uh, this guy right here, Danny Glover, um, ends up joining the group. So what happens in that whole entire scene is, and it's actually funny. So Payton and and Jake are in the cell, right? And and Cosner's character is is like ADD rattled. He's he's always trying. He's searching for a way out. Is yeah. really what he's doing, or where to hide and. And he's always playing, you know. He's always, you know, p- playing quick draw with guns and stuff like that. So he gets this idea, and the idea. Is so the so Kevin Klein calls in one of the guys because he had he had heard some noise, and and Kevin Costner's character is missing. So he's like, "Where is he?" He's like, "I don't know. I Just I've been here the whole time." Yeah, you know, he's all like, "Okay, well, put your hands in, you know, and close them up. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cuff you, right?" So he cuffs the guy, and then. Out comes a hand, so Kevin Cosner was basically playing Yoda, he's backpacking onto Kevin Klein's character, yeah, and he punches the guy out right, and then they escape the jail when at that same time, John Cleese, who is the uh, the, the sheriff of uh, Turley of Nottingham yeah, the sheriff of Turley, he, um, he sees that there's one a building had been set on fire that's what, that's how he got pulled away from uh, the sheriff's office. So as he sees that, he notices that something may be going on. He, he thinks it's a ruse, right? So he runs back and realizes that his guys, the two guys that he captured are gone, and he gets into a gunfight with Kevin Cosner and, and Kevin Kline's characters. He doesn't die. It's just a gunfight. And so he gathers a posse. And this is the other thing. I mean, the posse got together real, real quick. So Cosner and Kline have shot out of town, and they meet up with Emmett and, and as they're shooting out of town, uh, I mean shoot, I mean, literally just fucking riding like hell out of town, um, as they're being chased by this posse, they, they get to a point where Mal, who was played by Danny Glover, is starting to fire at, at, at things. Yeah. And th- there's a funny scene where Cleese is sitting there and, the guy's, and his, his, his uh, second in command goes, well, he's missing. He goes, but he's hitting everything he shoots. Yeah, Well, he's missing us. And then, because he had shot off the guy's hat, you know, Cleese's hat, he shot off. He goes, well, "Well, we should chase after him. He goes, well, I'll tell you what. My jurisdiction ends here for today. I'm going back because I don't want to get killed. Pick up my hat. So he turns around and starts going while all the other horses, guys on horses, are just kind of standing around not knowing what to do. Even though they outnumber him, he doesn't want to take the risk of killing his guys, which is smart. So he ends up going back to Turley while... Emmett and Payton or Padden or Peyton, yeah, it's Peyton and Mal and uh uh Jake all decide on what they're going to do. So they meet up with this wagon train. Uh they help a wagon train of uh settlers recover stolen money from thieves and then lead them to Silverado. Um the the they were already going or Emmett and Jake were already using this wagon train to head towards Silverado. That's where they were going. Yeah. So um as it turns out, all of those guys are going to go to Silverado anyways. But they find out that the, uh, the wagon train, the settlers' uh, money has been stolen. So they kind of make a deal. They're, they're going to leave Kevin Cosner behind, you know, to uh, cover the wagon yeah. as payment in case anything happens. You know, for the, if they steal the fucking money. yeah. You know, well, you can have my brother. So, and then that's kind of like the, the bargaining chip, you know, the uh, uh, collateral, as you want to call it. And they end up finding out where uh, Langston's, you know, uh, um, not the posse. They end up trying to find where the silver is. So they, they do that. Um, and they also pick up another guy who happens to be, uh, uh, I guess it's like the husband or the boyfriend of one of the people that are going to Silverado doesn't really say here. Anyways, he ends up going with them in in place of Jake. Yeah. And as they find out where all of the bad guys are that stole the silver, Scott Glenn's character runs in because they had made this plan. He runs in and they're gonna try to steal the silver without causing too much damage. Yeah. And and he's sitting around, he's like, Oh hey, you know, uh I'm I'm being chased by a posse he goes and it's oh, it's the guy from um it's the manager from major league. Uh that's playing the bad guy.
0: Okay, Joe Gammon? Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. I mean James Gammon. James sorry. Gammon. Yeah. He played Joe in, in my major league, yeah. Yeah, they don't have they don't have here
1: it is. James Gammon is Dawson. So Dawson <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Um so Emmett decides that he's going to run in there, like I said, and try to get these guys running out of the uh the canyon, this it's a cul-de-sac is really what it is. Mm. This this the hideout, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And he in the meantime, what he had done was he had he, he laid uh Kevin Klein's character over the back of a horse, you know, as his riding partner, right? You know, well he got killed, he got shot, you know, by by this posse. And while he's talking to Gammon, you know, and all this stuff is going on, he's like, I don't and Gammon's like, I don't believe who you are yeah. right. That's how he talks. Yep. He's like none of these people know who you are. Nobody, you know, nobody will vouch. Yeah. Shut up, Dorn. (laughs) No, nobody knows who you are. Nobody's going to vouch for you. And he's like, I don't trust this guy as far as I can throw him, you know, or whatever he says. Yeah. He's he's got a great voice. I I love love his voice. So, um, in the meantime, there's a, there's a lookout guy that had been spot, that's up on top of the rocks as well. And he's going to play an important role in a second. So Scott Glenn, um, Scott Glenn says a couple of key words. Danny Glover starts firing into the compound, not hitting anybody. Uh-huh. You know, all the guys, uh, all the guys take cover, and that's when. And then Dawson or, or Gamma goes, you know, he's he's have, he's got friends, and they're firing into us, and you know, this is all a fucking ruse. Kill them all, right? Mm. And at the same time. Kevin Klein, he, he's, his horse is parked next to the silver box. They did it on purpose. So he's tying, as, as he's lying there and all the fucking chaos is going on, he's slowly tying the silver box to a piece of rope to his horse. Yeah. So they can take the fuck off while he's lying over the back of the horse, right? And then all that happens, Scott Glenn sh- scatters all the bad guys' horses, you know, the, the, horse, the, the money thieves' horses, mm-hmm. and he escapes. With Kevin Klein, and then they make it back. Well, as as they had, as they are slowly uh, coming to the realization that they're not being followed. This the dude that's on top of the rock ends up killing the guy that was Roseanne Arquette's boyfriend or brother or whoever the fuck he was. It wasn't really established.
0: Red shirt. Yeah, it's a red shirt,
1: <laughs> and he ends up dying. So they bring him back. They bury him. Blah blah blah. They end up going to Silverado and at the same time Danny Glover is going to cut through the mountains and his his dad's or his mom's place is near Silverado as well yeah. so it's and when he gets there it's all burned out He meets his dad um and he and his his sister is living in Silverado she's she's a prostitute now you know <laughs> um works and it just all s- seems to come together where uh, they all end up at the saloon Jeff Goldblum is, is also a, he's a hustler, but I think he's been... It seems to me that Jeff Goldblum's character was pulled in by Brian Dennehy, who is the sheriff of Silverado. He also owns the biggest saloon there. Yeah. And it just so happens that Jeff Goldblum ends up... He's a card shark, or a card sharp, if you want to call it that. But he's a guy that, that runs the games, right? And Or runs a game, I should say. But he seems to be very loyal to Brian Dennehy's character, so he's he's kind of a bad guy, and it's actually a really good role for Jeff Goldblum. Um, just weird that he's there and he's he's become ingrained in, and that's why I think that he's part of Dennehy's old posse. You know, um, Kevin Kevin Klein's character is also friends with Brian Dennehy's character, and they used to be they used to they used to ride together. Yeah, and then. And then Klein got arrested, and he spent time in jail for crimes that they all committed. They, they're the ones that got caught. Um, Mal finds his father, Ezra, left destitute after his home had been burned down, his land overrun by cattle. Mal's sister, Ray, has gone off on her own, taking up with Calvin Slick Stanhope, a shifty gambler in league with Silverado's ruthless Sheriff Cobb. Calvin, Like I said, Calvin Slick Stanhope, who is... <clears throat> um, Jeff Goldblum doesn't come in until a little bit later into the movie, but again, it's the same thing. Cobb, an old acquaintance of Peyton, Payton is on McKendrick's payroll and arranges for Peyton to supervise the gambling in a saloon owned by Cobb and managed by Stella, who is played by Linda Hunt. An honest woman who despises Cobb and welcomes Peyton's presence. Cobb, however, threatens Stella to prevent Peyton from involving himself in McKendrick's dealings. McKendrick is the landowner. McKendrick's men murder Ezra. Um, that's... Uh, I can't remember who Ezra was played by, but he played. He's played by. Uh, um, of course, they don't have it on here, right? He's pl- he, the dude always played the old grandfather. He he looks like Uncle Remus. Yeah, from you know from uh, uh nobody's gonna get this anyway, so it doesn't matter. Song of the South, but he looks like Uncle Remus. It's kind of weird, and um oh Ezra uh, Joe Seneca, that's who it is. That guy. Okay. he was also in um. In Crossroads.
0: He was the, uh, I think he was the asshole scientist in The Blob. Yep, he was.
1: Yep, yeah, Kramer versus Kramer, Silverado, Crossroads. He played Willie Brown. I just watched The Blob. Big Shots, School Days, The Bloob,
0: Mo Better Blues, he Malcolm must, X. That's right. He worked for the NAACP in t- A Time to Kill. Yeah.
1: But his, his actually more famous role was, he was Ralph Macchio's um, uh, guide in Crossroads. Oh, okay. So anyway, so he plays the dad. And uh, he gets shot and killed. And that means that um, Danny Glover wants to go back and kill the McKendricks. That's really what it comes down to. Um, McKendricks men murder Ezra, burn the land office, and kidnap Emmett's young nephew, Augie. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that's all part of it. Uh, Stella knows about the threat on her life, telling Peyton that she won't be the cause of suffering. And asks him to assist Mal, Emmett, and Jake in setting things right. They stampede McKendrick's cattle to provide cover for a raid on his ranch, in which most of the bandits are killed and Augie is rescued. McKendrick escapes to Silverado. Uh, There's a whole point, there's a whole thing in there where they're missing where, um, okay, so Emmett, who is played by Scott Glenn, and Jake, who is played by uh, uh, Kevin Cosner, are captured. Well, Emmett's gone. Jake gets captured or beaten up or whatever. Yeah. And Augie, who is their nephew, so they they all live in, like, um, the family, the entire family lives in Silverado, so on the outskirts. And Augie and his mom and dad, who are, you know, uh, like, I think it's it's Emmett and Jake's sister.
0: Do you remember Augie from uh, Mazda? No. Ernest Agnesanti? Nope. Old salesman? Oh, okay, whatever.
1: Uh, he was, he was gone when I got there. Nah. Um, <clears throat> when, uh, when all this goes down, so, uh, Augie's dad gets shot and the house catches on fire, gets burned down. Yeah. But it, see, this is, and what I liked about this whole thing was his dad didn't die. He got shot and got, and then somebody pulled him out of the fire. Right. Okay. So that was kind of cool. Um. Everything that's going on near the end of the film, it, it, gets, it, it, it doesn't ever get rushed. Jake gets free, and he decides he's going to start taking it out. Now, what's really amazing about this is the cast of characters, because I'll get into the last part. Kevin Kline, Scott Glenn, Cosner, Glover, Brian Dennehy, still one of my favorites, Rosanna Arquette, John Cleese, Jeff Goldblum, Linda Hunt, Joe Seneca as Ezra Johnson. When we already Ray Baker as Ethan McKendrick, uh, Pepe Serna as Scruffy. Scruffy goes how Scruffy goes. Um, James Gammon as Dawson. Brian James as Hobart. Love Brian.
0: <clears throat> I love Brian James. Yeah,
1: right? he he was in Blade Runner, Southern Comfort, Forty Eight yeah. Hours. One of his was last films
0: hours. was uh, The Fifth Element.
1: Yeah. Um, if you don't know who Brian James is. He in Forty Eight Hours. He's the guy that played in Armed and Dangerous, where he says, "Is that him?" Where he says, "Sit down and sign the fucking forms."
0: You're the one that loves that movie. I I, 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 I think I watched that once.
1: But he he played in 40, he played a cop in Forty Eight Hours with Nick Nolte, and he's he's always he was one of the cops that wasn't on the take.
0: He was one of the replicants in Blade Runner. Yeah,
1: yeah. In the original. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he died of a heart attack in 1999. Yeah. Uh, his the last film was Phoenix Point. By the way.
0: Yeah, he was in House Part 3, which uh, they changed the name to the um the horror show.
1: Oh. Oh. Terrell Terodact- woman from Beverly Hills. He was in that. <laughs>
0: and uh Tangling
1: Cash? Yeah, Black Sea 213. So, yeah, he was in Armed and Dangerous. Sit down and sign the fucking forms. Um this is one of his best roles, obviously. Yeah. He plays he just plays a settler. He doesn't play an asshole. He doesn't play a, a you know a douchebag bad guy or a turncoat good guy or whatever. He plays a guy that just wants to settle down in in near Silverado and raise a family. And that's where everything gets turned around in this movie is um when you have the final shootout. And the final shootout is done in such a way that it's atypical just like the any Clint Eastwood spaghetti western. Yeah. But it's also done really, really well. There's some there's some fuckery, like when one of the guys falls down. You can see the uh, the the cushion, the cushion. Yeah, where where it's, it's the, I'll forgive that. Mm-hmm. The um the best part about it, though, I, I still think anything about this movie was it Wilhelm scream when he fell. I don't know. No, there wasn't. Okay. Um, the only reason why this movie is as good as it is is because of Brian Dennehy. And this is the reason why Brian Dennehy is one of those guys that if you watch him act, he's kind of not acting yeah he he's he's portraying this character he's pulled he's he is this character he the, so like when yeah. you see him as sheriff Cobb, he is this piece of shit but he's a he's a good natured guy yeah if you but if you cross him he'll fuck you yeah right. But if you watch him in the way he acts, the way he does things, like at the end before he knows that he's going to have to have a shootout with Kevin Klein's character. Mm-hmm. So he start, he's talking with, with Peyton. Cobb is talking with Peyton. And he starts walking down the steps of his office. And he has his hat in his hand. And he just casually tosses it onto the horse post, right? And, I mean, that's just something that like a guy that lives like that a guy that that is living that as that character. I mean, yeah. he is that character. It's something that is natural to him. It's he he's not forcing it. He just kind of tosses. He just kind of puts it there. Yeah, like he does it all the time. And I and I started thinking about this, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, he is so good at what he does. Like when he when he shows that he's the sheriff. Yeah, you know, and and he's smiling, and he turns he turns his jacket, and you see just the way that he does it. When he's telling the story of how Peyton gets caught, you know why, why Peyton and him uh, were at odds for all these years before they showed up together again. Um, it, the the stories that the story that he tells, you you is remember, fucking
0: compelling. You remember that shitty movie called Gladiator from nineteen ninety one, probably with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Brian Dennehy. Uh, it was a boxing underground boxing movie.
1: Uh, I, I never he, saw it, but I'm familiar with it. Anyway,
0: yeah. Brian Dennehy plays the asshole of the movie. He's the bad guy. He's like he reminds me of the Kingpin in a way, right? And um, he's the reason to watch the entire film. He's so fucking good in that. Even though the movie's not that good, yeah, he's fucking great. Yeah, he's one of those.
1: He's one of those guys. He's al- he's always been one of. the... He was in. Um, was he not in FX?
0: Yeah, he, he was, he was in, in FX, FX, and I, FX too.
1: He is one. Of the, he's the reason why I watched FX. By the way, The Art of Illusion. He he can turn when when yeah he, before now he can turn any movie any borderline movie yeah he it can go from eh to holy shit, that was really good well, because of him.
0: Just like Cocoon. Every time he showed up in Cocoon, you're like, "The oh, fucking, there you go, Brian Denny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and that's why <laughs> I, I really like Brian Denny as an actor. I've always liked Brian Denny as an actor. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. Like, this movie, this movie would have been average if yeah. anybody else but him were the sheriff yeah. because he doesn't, again, he's not a monologuer. Yeah. He doesn't
0: monologue. Character actors. Who gives a fuck if we're fat?
1: Right. And, you know, uh, he kicks out, like, he, in the saloon, He he he's dealing with a guy that um, is on the take. You yeah. know, he's, he's skimming, right? And it's the guy that runs the games. So, and he's already made up his mind that he wants Peyton to take over the games. So he starts talking to the guy. And the way he's talking to him, you know, sets everything up and he ends up shooting and killing the guy because the guy comes running back in Yeah, but he shoots him through the fucking the door Yeah, doesn't even care he just pulls out his gun and shoots him through the door and then he picks up it's not coffee <laughs> but he picks up the coffee cup and drinks out of it which which Payden's cup cup. but the way he's holding it and the way he, that he picked it up he didn't smash it or break it he, yeah. he he just gently picks it up gently puts it down things like that the, the way that he just approached this character um even Jeff Fahey, like I don't like Jeff Fahey as an actor. It's his eyes that bug me. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what it comes. They down don't to. match
0: with his face or what?
1: Yeah, is he's got like these really fucking light blue eyes. Eyes are lies. And, and you know you're like <laughs> you're you're just a bad Arnold Vosloo. <laughs> you know, but it, that's an not m- the moon? yeah. But that's not the reason. I mean, I, I'm sure. Like I've watched a ton of movies with yeah. Jeff Fahey, like body parts and things like that. And it like I can't stand Jeff Fahey as an actor because his eyes are so fucking blue yeah. that they just ruin the whole entire goddamn scene.
0: Is it like watching Meg Foster? <laughs> no,
1: no, no. But I know what you're talking yeah. about, right?
0: Her yeah. fucking eyes are a distraction, dude. Yeah, no,
1: no. See, on her, that's fine. Like if you watch her in They Live, yeah, you know, in, in a couple of other movies that she's been in, I'm fine with that. M- female, like with light blue eyes and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with, but a male like a male with a dark complexion and he has those light blue eyes. Yeah. and you're trying to take him seriously, and you're like, I can't take you seriously because your eyes are fucking the whole thing up. I'm just gonna laugh the whole time,
0: like um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder when he takes his yes, contacts out. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, in, I don't in, read the script. Script reads me. Yeah, in in the. <laughs> But Jeff Fahey was so fucking good in this movie yeah. that I had to overlook his his fucking buggy eyes. Yeah, you know, not his buggy eyes, but his eyes that bugged the shit out of me. The Have entire you? cast is amazing. Yeah, um, how they were able to get all these guys into one fucking movie mm-hmm. without breaking the bank, and why this movie wasn't more successful because it was the talk. It was the talk of the fucking town. When it came out, everybody wanted to go see this goddamn movie.
0: What came out everybody. around? Uh, what, what time in 85 did uh, this come out? July. Summer, okay.
1: Summer of 85. Uh, well, that
0: was a year before Top Gun. Um,
1: Two years after Star Wars. So yeah, Goonies
0: that year. Back yeah. to the Future. Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. That could be, you know, the, the, the techno shit, man. The, you know, the, the sci-fi stuff might have over, overlapped it, you know. Uh,
1: it came in 7th at 1100. Yeah, Back to the Future. And I've, I saw this
0: movie in, in theaters. Have you seen what Meg Foster looks like now? No, I don't care. <laughs> she was in that movie 31 by Rob Zombie. Yeah. She looks like one of those women that has spent like the last 40 or 50 years tanning in Florida. And so she's extremely wrinkled up and shit. She looks like scary. You mean like that? Yeah. But even worse. When you see her in 31, she looks even worse. Well, that's because of makeup. But yeah, she's... Yeah, she looks horrendous. Yeah. she she was fucking just... Look at that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks fine there, but that no. <laughs> I it may be because of her eyes too. Yeah, her eyes are just like fucking at this point. But yeah, I mean, when you have when you have movies like Back to the Future come out at the same time as, uh, oh, and this is also directed by Larry Kasdan mm-hmm. and and written by his him and his son Mark also wrote this. So
0: where was Jake?
1: Yeah, Jake is younger, <laughs> um, or his brother. I can't remember but um movies that came out
0: so let me guess your favorite Kevin Kline movie is either Wild Wild West or nope. In and Out nope i don't care what anyone has to say about Wild Wild West Kevin Kevin Kline was great in that movie
1: he was he was good in that movie i i liked him in the movie yeah um the it's just, just the the
0: also um Kenneth Branagh i thought Kenneth Branagh was fucking amazing as the villain in Wild Wild West i loved his character cuz he was just I, well, I, I don't even know how I could describe his character, but he was just...
1: All right, so July, Back to the Future, Red Sonja, Mad Max. These these are all the movies that came out in July. Uh,
0: Mad Max to be on Thunderdome, I believe, was a flop. Uh, Explorers, to, uh, Silverado. Day of the Dead was a flop, too. Uh,
1: no, it was not a flop. I could have told you that, but I didn't want to. Hmm. Uh, Day of the Dead was The Legend of Billy Jean, which I saw. Uh, the Man with the Long Red Shoe, which is funny, but I do Tom believe Hanks, that yeah. that was a flop. Uh, yeah. Bless you. Bless you. And then uh, you have The Black Cauldron, which I believe was That was
0: also the flop.
1: Yeah, that was a huge flop. It was the basically the, the beginning of the end for animation at that point. Yeah. Uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, another great movie. <laughs> European Vacation, Fright Night. This that was, is all August. Fright Night was a hit. Follow that bird. That was that's that's for kids. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that. But yeah. I, I remember I remember that fucking trailer. I watched it on HBO. Weird Science. Real genius. This is all came out in fucking 85. Yeah. Summer Rental, which I talk about all the time. Yep. My Science Project. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. The Return of the Living Dead. Year of the Dragon with another Linda Hunt movie. Uh, Better Off Dead, another one of my favorites. Re-release of Ghostbusters, Godzilla 85, Teen Wolf, American Ninja, Gremlins re-release. Invasion USA, The Journey of Natty Gann, Commando, Jagged Edge, Sweet Dreams, Remo Williams. This is 85. Yeah. This is a fucking monster year for movies. Reanimator, which was just on.
0: It's live and die in LA. Uh
1: yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Death Wish Three, Target.
0: Once Bitten. That was Jim Carrey's first movie.
1: Transylvania Six Five Thousand. I love Once bit, Once Bitten. I thought it was pretty funny. Rainbow that's, Bright. King.
0: that's one of those movies that I rented over and over again from the video store, but like in eighty seven. Yeah, King Solomon's Mines. Star Chaser. Uh I've seen I saw that. It was kinda
1: it was animated, that's why I wanted to watch it. Rocky Four. <laughs> Uh, young Sherlock I must Holmes, break you. I believe that was a f- yeah. That is this the one? I,
0: uh, I what's the remember. Sherlock Holmes from like 1988 that had the first C- one of the first films to have CG in it? I thought that was this one here. Yeah, but. that's why because I was like, but it's the 85, and the Sherlock Holmes I know of it was like 80, 88. It was like right before um, the Abyss came out. Because uh, first you had Tron, was the first movie I believe that had CG in it, and then um, then there was a gap for a long time.
1: Yeah, this is, this is the film that is notable for including the first fully computer-generated photorealistic animated character.
0: Huh, 85, huh? Yeah. I thought I swore that was like 87, 88. Nope.
1: Then you have Spies Like Us, yeah. Runaway Train, uh, The Jewel of the Nile, Out of Africa, The Color Purple, 101 Dalmatians. Out of
0: Africa is a fucking boring movie, dude. It doesn't
1: matter. Enemy Mine, Ugh. Uh, Murphy's Romance, another boring movie.
0: But still, who was born? Emile Hirsch was born. Tina Majorino, that's a little girl from Waterworld. Kira Knightley. Kellen Lutz, he's uh from the Twilight Films. Um, Carrie Mulligan. Rooney Mara. Dave was, Franco. Hmm. Rooney Mara. Oh yeah. Rooney Mara, yeah. Anna Kendrick. Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> Anna Kendrick. Uh, Michelle
1: Trachtenberg. Kaylee Cuoco hmm. Frankie Muniz,
0: Raven Simon. Uh all right.
1: Anyways, uh huh, Bruce Gordon was born on my birthday. Um, she's 88, by the way. As, oh, she had passed away, too. She died on the 28th. Never mind. Um, <laughs> hmm. it was a monster year for fucking, I mean, I'm not going to go through them all all. I've
0: never seen Avenging Angel. Uh, they had all the sequels in, in, at the video store, and I, I never, I don't think I ever rented them. The posters yeah. were fucking everywhere. Turk
1: 182.
0: I also never rented Frankenhooker, but I kept playing with the box, because the box had that button on it, and when you push it, it would go, want a date?
1: Yeah. Ghoulies <laughs> Missing in Action Two. Mask. No, not that one. Yeah. Friday the thirteenth, a new beginning. Porky's Revenge. Police Academy Two. I mean it's Lady Hawk. Cat's I love Cat's a Crime eye. Wave right there. <laughs> Just one of the guys. Jim
0: Cotta. Jim
1: Cotta. Jim Cotta. Brewster's Millions. Rambo First Blood Part Two. A View to a Kill. Fletch.
0: Goonies.
1: God damn, I mean, what a what a fucking great year from Secret Admirer. The stuff.
0: <laughs> Cocoon.
1: Uh, Pale Rider, yep, great. And Saint Elmo's Fire, yep. Great year for movies. Yep, you had the Brat Pack. So, anyways, uh, Silverado, such a great movie. Um, and it wouldn't have been as great if Brian Dennehy. And I'm not. This is not shitting on any of the other guys because I think Kevin Costner was wonderful in this fucking movie. He's one of those guys that um, I. It's, it's an unexpected performance from him. Yeah. Scott Glenn is Scott Glenn. Kevin Kline is Kevin Kline. Yeah. You know, but. It's Brian Dennehy that really brings this entire fucking movie together, and I highly recommend it if you get a chance to see it or buy it or whatever. Watch the movie; uh, I think you guys will enjoy it.
0: I don't think I've ever watched Silverado all the way through. Well, that's your fault. Well, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I think I was. Yeah, it, I'm due. So yeah. I'm due for Silverado. So
1: anyway, it, it's one of the westerns that really um, it, it it made money, but it's one of those. It's it's a movie that it should have been bigger than it really was. Yeah. But when you have Pale Rider come out that same year. So
0: there you go. Yep. All right. That's it. All you got? All I got. All you got? All yeah. right. So fuck off everybody again. All right.
1: Fuck off.